Good evening, and welcome to the Aging Hipster Star Wars Rewatch. This week, we revisited Episode 8, The Last Jedi. I am your host, Darth Bob Serrano, and joining us fresh off the plane from Chicago, it's Toby Crines. Toby, we got real big news this week. Our alma mater, Richmond Burton Community High School, is a 2019 4A state football champions. How do you feel? Oh, it deserves a clap. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, haven't been back to my alma, alma mater in about 20 years, and I didn't care about <laughs> football very much when I was there, but I'm so happy. Uh, but, the, but these kids, they were, they were probably raised on tales of our exploits, no oh, doubt. You know, you know, and you know, like they talk about us still. Yeah, exactly. It's like those, there's like, they could hear the whispers of ghosts through the halls, you know, it's just, it's of us. And there'll, there'll never be another class like ours. <laughs> exactly. Jarrett. Oh, our special guest is Jarrett Wilson. I just really wanted to let you know a story that we had that I think I told on one of our first episodes was that our, our basketball coach at one time pulled a bunch of us sophomore basketball players together and asked us, who is going to be the next Toby Crines? Who? <laughs> and none of us stepped up until 2019. <laughs> Here we are. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. So we have Jarrett Wilson here. He is the co-host of the video game podcast, Team Chat Podcast. You can find his work on teamchatpodcast.com. And also, Jarrett, where else can we find your work? Uh, we are on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, and we actually have a whole list on our website of all the different places. And you can also watch if you prefer to uh, watch rather than listen. We are on YouTube, also at youtube.com slash teamchatpodcast. But uh, we're super excited to be here. I'm really, really excited about to talk some Star Wars. Excellent. And so we just had a new release of a Star Wars video game. Where does this mm-hmm. rank amongst all the Star Wars games ever made? Ooh. I mean, I have to make the confession that I have not played all of them. I'm be- I'm behind on some and some mm-hmm. that that people would that others would probably say are the greater ones like the the Kotor series, Knights of the Old Republic series are come to mind. I've started them but like got sidetracked long ago. But I have to say probably the ones I played, it's it's definitely up there because it's good. It's, it's uh it's in depth. It's got some really great combat mechanics with especially you know it's it's lightsaber based so it's not the first person shooters that we or third person shooters that we've been getting with the battlefront games that are some of the more re- recent releases and story's great so far i'm i'm having a ball i'm having a ball you know my favorite star wars game and this is really good to date me so don't don't say the year that was released if you know it okay but it's a game called star wars rebellion have you ever heard of that I think I actually have heard of it. I don't think I've, I don't think I've, I definitely haven't played it and I don't know yeah. if I've actually seen it, but, uh, but I have heard of it. Right. And it's like, it's like one of those like four X space games and you're building fleets and mm-hmm. building armies and kind of more strategy based, but that was always my favorite. I feel like I just saw it somewhere. Like I was, um, I think on one of those, I think, uh, good old games.com or something had that one had it up there and in like one of their like big star Wars bundles. And that was that I almost bought with a whole bunch of these other ones, but my backlog <laughs> is big enough as it is. So I was like, I it probably to, looks I pretty dated now, but I remember I loved it at the time. I mean, that's what, that's one of my goals is to go back and play through all the star Wars games. Cause uh, you know, it's, it's the combining of the two things that I love. So I was like, so I was definitely like, I would love to do that at some point and go back, but I know there's a bunch, so it'll take me a while to get through them all, but looking forward <laughs> to doing it. Hopefully. Oh, I was going to say, while we're on the topic, there's a 1982 game that is my favorite star Wars game. 
it's called uh, The Empire Strikes Back. It's for the Atari 2600. Um, <laughs> when it was released, reviewers, this is according to Wikipedia, reviewers praised the game's zingy graphics and noted that the audiovisual effects are absolutely first rate. <laughs> We're going to have to look that up. Same reviews are coming in for uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So, you know, it's, it's time is the circle. Oh, if I remember, Toby, I'm going to put up some of those graphics on on the notes and stuff so people can look at it awesome. and have a chuckle. All right. Well, thank you for being on, Jarrett. And oh, yes. joining Toby and I. Toby, this is the eighth movie that we've done. We successfully kept at it, even though sometimes I kept on being like, hey, let's take a week off. And Toby's like, no. Every week, you're like, going. do you need a break from this? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's one hour a week. No, I, I was more, I was more just didn't want you to get burnt out, but heck with it. And we're redoubling like, our efforts. Go like ahead. Richmond Rockets, we power through. Yes. Like Murfreesboro is just like the dead space out there in podcast land. And we're just pushing right through. We traverse Murfreesboro every day, once yes. a week. But thankfully, I am really excited because after eight movies, like 20 plus hours of Star Wars, suffering through prequels and everything else. We are about to go on to something, and we chose to do something the complete opposite of Star Wars. We're doing ro- romantic comedies in January. And actually, there's five Thursdays in January, so we're going to do almost six of them because we're going to do a, um, a special Christmas episode. So I, I, chose, I actually chose three, and Toby chose two. And Toby, which ones did you choose? Uh, Clueless and Bridget Jones' Diary. And we're doing Love Actually, and that's going to be our Christmas episode. And I chose, what did I choose? I chose You've Got Mail, because that's a oldie but a goodie for our, our listener out there. Uh-huh. Was it- oh, I have to look at that. I'm sure we uh, can throw these in the, the notes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's somewhere in there. No, I got this. I got this. I got this. Then uh, Singles, which is, a, uh, which is a real favorite from the 90s. And always be my maybe. I threw that in there because it's a it's a new one on Netflix that is kind of like I figure where rom coms are going. But anyways, subscribe, come on, Jarrett. You're more than welcome to come on and just talk about any rom coms that you would like to do. Awesome. Yeah, it was tough. I, I really wanted to do Pretty Woman as well, but you mm-hmm. know, can't do them all. There's only exactly. four weeks in February. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Next year. Yeah. Uh, I would say too, when when you were uh, just dissing the the prequel trilogy, it looked like Jarrett was uh, held my tongue about that diss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I like I totally understand like the, some of the complaints with the prequels and everything. It's just one of those things. I I mean, I will say like I, in my opinion, Attack of the Clones is probably my least favorite, even though it has some of my favorite, uh, like one of my favorite characters of Jango Fett and and everything. Um, but no, like. It's just one of those things. It's like those are the ones that I kind of I really remember. I mean, while I watched the original trilogy a lot, the prequels are stuff. I, I honestly, the a lot of my enjoyment of the prequels now comes from following the prequel memes subreddit on and everything because it's, it's just like it, the jokes and everything they make that it pokes enough fun at them in their everything you you can't help but enjoy where they come from the source material where they come from and so especially going back and watching them uh, more now i'm just like oh they're they're great in their own in their own ways but definitely not uh i wouldn't say put them in my in my top three of the star wars movies for sure (laughs) it's and it's really uh interesting that basically for the majority of all star wars movies has been 
incredibly controversial and everyone has basically argued about each one Mm -hmm. except for maybe the first one you know new hope after that even though people are like ended up coming back and liking the empire strikes back and return of the jedi they still it was still kind of rough so it's kind of interesting how each one is very controversial including the movie that we're doing the last jedi which is very uh, controversial on reddit Mm -hmm. so that being said Toby, can you please take us back to a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? Yeah, so you'll remember uh, at the end of the, the previous movie, Ray, in my opinion, just a great bit of cinema cinematography where Ray shows up with her lightsaber and it takes like, like she holds it out for like five minutes and the scene just like ends and it's just like a big cliffhanger. Um, and then like, uh, so enter the, the movie starts with Ray, uh, and the lightsaber and, uh, Luke reveals himself to be the grumpy old man trying to make it in the comedy business. That he's become. <laughs> um, do you think he was trying to uh, make it seem like his life was so shitty that you don't even want to be a Jedi? Is that his goal? Yeah. I, what I thought it, it sounded like, like to me, when I watch it, I go, okay, in real life, when I watch Luke, uh, Mark Hamill being interviewed and like Conan and whatever, um, like he's like a really funny, kind of like grumpy guy. And like, so the, <laughs> like the role that he was playing was like in line with his real life persona, but totally right. outside of Luke Skywalker, you know? <laughs> oh. All right, continue on, Toby. Sorry. Sure. Um, and so while Luke's doing his comedy bit, Ray discovers a forced connection with Kylo Ren. Um, they both see visions of turning each other to the light and dark side of the Force, respectively. Luke's being, uh, while Luke's being an angsty little jerk, uh, Ray leaves the planet to go find Kylo and turn him to the light. Meanwhile, Leia and her band of miscreants are being chased to the brink by the First Order, which somehow learned to track them through hyperspace, which is basically the plot of J.J. Uh, Abrams' Star Trek Into Darkness gag. <laughs> <laughs> Ray and Kylo meet. Kylo kills Snoke. Ray escapes. Uh, Kylo is now in charge of the First Order. Um, and, you know, when we get into controversies on Reddit, uh, enter Rose. She, she shocks Finn into submission with her electronic shocking cattle prod. Uh, before going to Las Vegas with him and falling in love and later crippling the resistance chances by saving her boyfriend from a kamikaze run at the door smasher on crate. In a fit of coming to his senses, Luke appears out of nowhere in hologram, hologram form and punks Kylo Ren twice, first dusting off his shoulder after being blown to bits and then saying, uh, see you around, kid. Ray lifts some rocks in a rather humorous callback and saves the resistance with Chewie, of course, on the Millennium Falcon. The series MVP, Chewbacca, mm-hmm. of course, comes through. Most underrated, underappreciated. Always All does right. his job, you know? Oh, yeah. No yeah, complaints. No, never fan. complains. He just no. cries in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, exactly but you know who had complaints like all of the internet uh, about this. but so let's get into that after some overall stats the director was Ryan Johnson he was also the writer for this uh, movie and George Lucas is also credited as on there as based on characters created by another grumpy old man sitting in his palatial ranch in California 
grumbling about how he couldn't make his movie of uh, microscopic wills. <laughs> and then Ryan Johnson will be returning this month with the new, the last, the, wait, The Rise of Skywalker? Oh, I thought right? JJ was doing that one. I don't even know. <laughs> Either one. All right. And so the box office, the budget was $317 million. Opening weekend, it made $220 million. It grossed $620 million in the U.S. Cumulative worldwide gross was $1.3 billion. So about $700 million less than uh, The Force Awakens. Um, critic reactions. Uh, by and large, the critical reaction was pretty good uh, for The Last Jedi. Rotten Tomatoes had it at 91% of all critics, gave it a positive review. And the website's uh, consensus, consensus reads, Star Wars The Last Jedi honors the saga's rich legacy while adding some surprising twists and delivering all the emotion-rich, emotion-rich action fans could hope for. The audience was a little bit, a little bit different. Um, so uh, initially, a lot of people were very was they were very positive about it. The initial polling, but there is a, an extreme amount of backlash from segments of the audience over this movie. So it's like they really bombed like Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. And are either of you really kind of f- familiar with the whole backstory of why and all that kind of stuff? I just, from what I picked up, was just that it was that they were just mad that it felt different. Yeah, you know, like I know people had had issues with some of the new char- some of the new characters. Like I know Rose especially got a lot of backlash and everything. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, for for me, I, I'm not very familiar with it. No, of of all the reasons. Let's talk about our own reactions to this movie and and if they have changed at all since we've rewatched it. Jarrett, let's start with you. Okay. Uh, so my reaction to the first time I saw it, uh, was that I really enjoyed it, but the, see, I have to give myself a little, I have to give a little caveat to this where mm-hmm. it, it's, it kind of re- goes back to what I was saying about the prequels. I'm very much like it's star Wars. I'm going to love it. It may not be my best, my favorite one, but I'm going to have, but I'm going to come out of it being like, Oh, that was great. Just cause I just love, I just love everything about it. There were parts that I didn't, that I wasn't especially thrilled about the, um, I will say when we first, when I first saw it in theater, is it okay to go ahead and jump into kind of some of those specifics now, or do we want to wait until a little bit later on? No, if you if you would like to talk about it, go okay. ahead. Okay. Um, well, mostly just like some some of the things like uh, yeah, like the hyperspace tracking thing kind of coming out, and it was just being like, this is brand new, but this is only a few months after Force Awakens, or you know, or even a few weeks, maybe. Like it's not it's not very long, and then they suddenly have this technology that totally changes everything. You know, I, mm-hmm. I understand things like that, um, but then honestly. And this rewatch that that I just did, uh, I just rewatched it yesterday to to freshen back up on it, and it just honestly clicked with me in a completely different way, and I l- really enjo- loved it even more than I had the first couple times I'd seen it. Um, I think maybe because I was watching it a little bit more critically than uh, than my first few watch throughs, and I don't know, I came away with this one being it being one of my top. Um, Return of the Jedi still stays maintains the crown of my favorite but this one's is probably under it honestly i would say uh just because i think there's a lot more it's it has a lot of subtleties in its details in some things especially with its different twists and uh and subversions with where people think the story is going to go and i think it has it introduces a lot of new things into star wars uh different ideas around the, the jedi it also gives us a lot of more 
backstory into the fall or not backstory, but reasoning, I guess, behind the fall of the Jedi order. And I just think it, it, it really sets the stage for what this new era of star Wars is going to be that Disney is bringing on board. You know, I think they played it a little safe with force awakens being that there need to be like, okay, we're coming back with star Wars. It needs to be kind of something that we know people are going to really connect with. And so that's why I think it mirrored more of a new hope with the star killer base, you know, rep, uh, copying kind of of the death star and it's, size and immensity but i think it just this one it, it throws in a lot of new stuff that i think with each each rewatch i keep seeing more of and i think that's why it's becoming even a, a re- rising in the ranks of my ranking really and what about you toby um so i loved it i saw it in the theaters when it came out loved it um and it seems like each time i watch it, i like it less um but but i still like all the star wars even the prequels i've i can still watch them like there's mm-hmm. something about them that oh yeah I just will watch, they have rewatchability to me and I've seen this probably 10 times, you know? (laughs) Um, I really love like the scene with Luke when he battles Kylo, like so awesome. So like, um, and it's, he's just such a badass. And like, that's the thing, like we've talked about how, uh, George Lucas, like they never do a good job of showing how badass Luke Skywalker is in any of the movies, really. Mm -hmm. Um, and this at least like, I don't know if anybody else can do that thing. He did the hologram, you know, fighting thing. That was like something new kind of. Um, but, uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was awesome. Um, but like the, I, I think like, I, like what we talked about last week where like, if you didn't see all the star Wars, would it be very interesting? Like if you weren't a star Wars fan, would you even get what understand the plot? And like, I wonder about that. Like, cause I don't think the story is all that great. And the characters aren't, uh, you know, I, like the vice Admiral Haldo, like not, I don't know if it was the casting or like, just like the lines, they, they just weren't good. I didn't like, I didn't think Leia's line, you know, it's just, I didn't like her lines and like the way that the whole Leia thing happened yeah. where like, she's going to get shot out of the sky. That was kind of cool when he decides not to kill her. Right. But, but then it just didn't really like make a lot of sense to me. Um, like why Leia went into the, you know, the force coma and then comes out, you know, it just didn't, I don't know. It, it wasn't really compelling like that. Some of those threads weren't, but um, some of them were, you know, and it's very watchable. How about you, Bob? So I think it's, it's kind of funny that our trajectories are going opposite because uh, the force awakens I was very negative about because basically I was just like, they're just, they were just um, taking a new hope and redoing it all. And they're just like, just recasting a little bit. And it's basically the same movie. And I was really kind of disgruntled for a while. But as I talked about in the last episode, I was really kind of softening and really kind of enjoyed um, the force awakens. And so I gotta be honest. I saw the new Jedi, wait, the last Jedi, at the theaters and I basically hate watched it because I was still so angry about like the last movie that like, I kind of went through the, through the whole thing. Just be like, this is stupid. This is stupid. This is stupid. And I never rewatched it again until like a couple days ago. Cause I couldn't even, I saw it on Netflix. I'm like, I can't even do it. I can't even do it. So I rewatched it. And yeah. And like, I've definitely, I'm mellowing with my age and I really l- started to like, uh, a lot of aspects of the movie that I, I just sort of pushed away before, you know, you know, like I enjoyed like star Wars. I'm always going to enjoy it to a certain extent. Like it's chewy again, all that kind of stuff. But there's like stuff that I was just getting 
I couldn't get over like the whole Leia thing going out and going into a coma and then like floating back. I was like, what's going on with that? That sucks. And um, it seemed like they were kind of redoing Hoth a little, a little bit, even though it looked cool, but it was still kind of the same thing. And, and somehow the fallen order, I, I think I was still a little bit, just, I was still a little bit upset that, or, or dissatisfied with their whole explanation of the politics of everything, you know? So now they're like, and I think it, it's in a couple of my questions, and I kind of, I kind of let that kind of, um, kind of trip me up. But you know, rewatching it, I kind, of, you know, I just had, uh, I regained a little bit of uh, appreciation of it, and I enjoyed it. You know, overall, I'm thinking one of the things that bothered me about it is like all the expo- exposition that's required to like show them that there's hope. Like, like they're yeah. all like, yeah. Like, I feel like New Hope, you know, like, it was just like this plot. You could see it coming a mile away. It was great. Yeah. And, like, you know, if we use that in one end and this one, they have to, like, tell us, oh, we're doing this to bring hope to the resistance. You know, if you have to tell us, there's something wrong with it, you know? Right. Okay, well, we'll get into a lot of the particulars after in, in a couple minutes. First, I found some random trivia that I thought was pretty interesting. This was the first movie that... Uh, did not include the phrase, I have a bad feeling about this, spoken audibly. Hmm. And Ryan Johnson stated that it was said by BB-8, but uh, since he speaks a, uh, in a droid language, the line is not actually heard. And I think that's kind of bullshit. It's sort of you know, like kind of saying it afterwards. Wonder, but what do, you, what do you think he said it? Uh, just somewhere. somewhere like <laughs> <laughs> A lot of moments. I was trying to think about that. I was like, I wonder where he actually like fit it in. So Like in the casino or something? He's, Oh. Yeah, or yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's kind of a that's kind of a cop out answer. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Ryan. You've ruined the whole thing. And Luke. Okay, and then next, I thought that was kind of interesting. So the Porgs, which everyone kind of um, they kind of uh, trash a little bit. I thought it was interesting that they're actually a result of puffins being native to the to the island in Ireland that they're shooting on, and since they're a protected species, they couldn't. And it would have been too time-consuming to move all the puffins. They just basically just CGI, CGI them over, and so those are actually like puffins, like hanging around or whatever. Wow. And they're just like just made them into porgs. So I thought that was really interesting. Is, can I ask a quick question? Um, yeah, I couldn't find the answer to it. Is Chewie eating one of those porgs? Like at first, the first few times I watched it, I thought the porg wanted to eat what Chewie was eating. But then I was like, today I was watching it, going, "Wait, he's eating one of his friends!" Like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. totally eating one of his friends. They're looking on in disgust, yeah. <laughs> shame right. him and, and fear. <laughs> and yeah, and Chewbacca becomes a vegan after that. Right. And, and and afterwards, everything is like hashtag vegan Wookie. You know. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into some of our questions. So let's kick it off with the big elephant in the room, and that is Luke Skywalker. So there's lots of misgivings. And so I think it didn't really help that Mark Hamill uh, made the following statement, saying, I pretty much fundamentally disagreed uh, with every choice you've made for this character. Now, having said that, I've gotten it off my chest, and my job now is to take what you've created and do the best to realize your vision. And I'm not exactly sure where he said that, but it got out. And afterwards, he kind of uh, he re- he said he regretted saying that because it didn't really help things. 
And so my question is, where do we stand on this two to three years later and after a rewatch? Toby, did you want to start off? Where do we stand on Luke Skywalker? Yeah, and his arc. Um, I mean, I like that he finally, like, figures his stuff out and, like, comes out of Mm -hmm. retirement. So at a high level, I go, okay. And he actually, like, from the the beginning, he's really lame. But then he gets, like, gradually cooler. Uh, You know, he shows up when there's that force meeting happening between Kylo and Ray, and he blows up the roof, you know, he just Mm -hmm. sticks his hand up. And, like, the whole thing um, about him being disconnected from the force and then reconnecting, like, that's kind of a cool story to tell. Um, So I I like, I like, like, uh, you know, as an arc, I think they did a decent job with it. How about you, Jarrett? Uh I actually see. I kind of liked the the shift, or his, the shift in his character made sense to me. I feel like because uh, kind of what I made made note of is that just he in his mind, I felt like he became the embodiment of what he believed were the faults of the old Jedi Order. Like he he basically uh, in in some ways, I kind of feel like the message of this movie is pride becomes before the fall because I feel like that's exactly what like that's what happened to the last to the Jedi Order. They became too you know, prideful in their role as guardians and protectors. And they allowed the Sith to rise. Uh, and he kind of did the same. He's, he even says in when he, when he's telling Ray the story of, of uh, when he confronted Kylo or tried to almost kill Kylo uh, at his, at his Jedi temple, he says he did all this because he was Luke Skywalker. And so I feel like this kind of was a, a full circle and a, and a lesson for him to need to learn that just that he, he grew too prideful in himself and saw that he was becoming what he thought he was fighting to, the fighting from ever happening again, basically keeping history from repeating itself. And so to me, him going and becoming a hermit on Acto made perfect sense because he's, he's shamed and humiliated and, and just feels like he no longer has this place and is necessary in this world that he's created and is too, uh, and in that shame is too frightened to face what he created with, through with Kylo. So do you, so a lot of people that were very unhappy with this, do you think it's because we haven't, we hadn't really seen Luke, like what uh, Toby describes as being awesome very often in this series. Like the first couple of movies that he's in and like a new hope and empire strikes back. He's kind of, he's learning, he's finding his way and he's kind of, you know, he has these moments where he does really well, but he's also learning a whole lot and taking a lot of losses. And then finally in the episode six, he, you could see like a glimmer of like, Oh man, like he, he's really, capable of doing all this cool stuff, but it's also, but the whole movie is like, he's also subdued because he was just basically in handcuffs next to Vader for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like a lot of people were just had a lot of expectations of, we get to see him unleashed, but instead we see him just like, um, molesting seals. (laughs) (laughs) The previous movie ended with that cliffhanger. Yeah. Like they it seemed like he was just gonna go crazy. What he gets that lightsaber and he's gonna go save the galaxy, you know? Yeah. But he goes and milks his seal, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I get it. Like we we spend so much time with the story as part of our lives, and there's so many books and video games and all this kind of stuff that you have these expectations and it can be really disappointing when somebody just takes it to somewhere you never even thought. And so I could see where a lot of it is. Uh, so I could see where people's upset, uh, being upset about Luke. I, I don't really understand some of the stuff that they really bring about 
Rose and stuff into it, then right. that's kind of crossing a line. I can see where the disappointment from Luke is pretty yeah. strong. Well, and without Luke, we don't get the the funniest line, maybe of any Star Wars, where Yoda shows up. And he's yeah. like, "Don't do that! Don't burn that down!" The Jedi exactly. are in there, and Yoda's like, "Oh, read them you have." Yeah, that was really good. Page turners, they were not. I love that line. I forgot about that one. The page turners line, and that that cracked me up. That that got me really good. Um. But another thought that I had too is just like, it's honestly, you know, it ends, Force Awakens ends on that cliffhanger. We're all expecting like, oh man, Luke's back, Luke's back. And but what's interesting is that's what Ray thought too. Mm-hmm. And then he chucks the lightsaber and is like, nah, I don't want anything to do with you. And so it's kind of funny how like Ray's reaction to it all and her trying to like be like, no, you need to be this cool dude who I've heard so much about. And it's kind of funny how that mirrors the audience's initial reaction in a way. That's true. And it's, I just had a thought was that Luke being how he was being a grumpy old man really kind of paved the way to Ray almost losing Ray because all of a sudden then Kylo Ren's calling. He's like, Hey, what's going on? And Ray just sort of like, well, I don't have anything going on and started talking, starts talking mm-hmm. and very nearly costs her, her life or at least going to dark side or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he does like try to impart that wisdom on Ray the same way Yoda did to him. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, where he's like, this isn't going to end the way you expect. Like, oh, I, I thought true, that yeah. was like a really neat line. And also just like giving her a ton of grief like Yoda did. Right. Uh, right. And yeah. Dagobah. So so the kind of teaching methods are just similar. I, I love the scene when uh, she's on the, the they're on the pedestal on the cliff and and she he tells her to reach out and feel the force. And you can just tell he's so disgusted and he just like messes with her with the with the branch. Right. I love that part so much. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really good, like little subtle comedic moments in here that that I didn't really notice the first time because I was too busy hating uh, episode seven while I was watching this. Let's get on to the next controversy. I kind of bundled them together. Uh, Rose and Finn. Um, I like both of them. I got. I, I got to admit, but they are the worst secret agents ever. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. But James Bond is the worst ever. <laughs> but I just from they they just can't keep it cool. Like you know, they go into the casino, and what do they do? Look at that! It's like the red rose thing, and they're just like, <laughs> yeah. illegally park. Like, you, like you yeah, try to be a little secretive about it, <laughs> right? Like they they don't have enough money to pay for public parking or something like that. <laughs> or... <laughs> oh man. Uh, all the, all the uh, ridiculousness that ensued aside, like I, I, I bought the characters, uh, you know, yeah. we talked about last episode, how Finn falls in love with everybody he meets. And so it's no, <laughs> no surprise that he falls in love with Rose. And I thought, I think Rose is one of the bright spots of the, you know, these new two movies. Um, I think she's funny and, like I loved her line, you know, we do this to save the people we love, you dummy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Like I thought that was great. Jared, what do you think of Rose? I, I liked her a lot too. Like I really have no complaints about her character. Uh, you know, some of the stuff with Canto Bite, like I was a little bit like, eh, this could this could have been cleaned up or a little bit more succinct. But uh, other, but no, I thought she was a great character. Like you guys said, brought some humor to it. Uh, I think she and Finn had a great chemistry together and worked really well together. And. And but yeah no I I really had no issues with Rose at all. Was Canto bite was that just a waste of time or is it worth it? Do you guys think? I think parts of it were worth it. Like I think the 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 chase of having to go or find this code breaker. Although I will say it's mighty convenient that they're on this tight 
uh, timeline of how much fuel the the the, Republic, the uh, resistance fleet has and Canto Bite, where this guy is who can solve the problems, just so happens to be in so close. That 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 is one of the parts where I'm like that stretches my believability slightly. But um, I liked the the setting of it. I liked the music when the when Canto Bite's first introduced because that to me is like the Cantina band of A New Hope, <laughs> and so I really enjoy that part and the look of it. But like the the what are what are the creatures the horse creatures Fafners something like that the, that part in her in her like in Rose's side thing of like we got to stick it to the man here at this part and like all the and all that that one that one's kind of seemed to muddle the the theme I I feel like like that that little bit in little side story I was like that that doesn't seem to fit as much yeah and it, it, to me it seemed like. Um... So I liked the code breaker thing, like like this yeah. weirdo they find, and he, I liked that character. Um, but I, it all seemed the climax to me that they were the only reason we did that whole thing was so Finn could fight Phasma, and I never bought Phasma as like a strong yeah. character. Like I was like very unde- underdeveloped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so which one? So I know we have Benicio del Toro as the code breaker, but a part of me, I was also like, and I love Benicio del Toro, but I was also like, I kind of want to see what Justin Thoreau's code yeah. breaker would have been too. Like, yeah, me too. I think yeah. that, I think that could have been fun. Like, well, yeah, he was funny. Like in the 10 seconds he was in it, he was funny. Oh like, yeah. You know, just like this whole thing's happened. He's like, no, don't care. I'm playing, I'm playing my game. Right? <laughs> yeah. but, uh-huh. but no, I, I would have been interested to see what, he, what he would have brought to it too. Although I could have seen him maybe being almost too much of a, of a Lando copy character because he kind mm-hmm. he has that same suave like debonair air about him and so maybe could have been a little bit too much too similar there but i did i did really like uh benicio del toro's in this too and so do you guys buy the romance yeah i mean i for me i think i think they went through a really a, a really trying time it seems fast true but yeah. like but everything I, in star wars is but yeah yeah and that's one of the things you kind of have to suspend a little bit with this one is I think there's so much going on. It almost feels like too much is happening at once every once in a while. And so you have to kind of be like, like believe like, no, like the Ray and Luke stuff that picks up at the end of force awakens, which kind of makes you feel like this movie immediately picks up there. But there, but I feel like it's kind of happening three months back while then all the resistance stuff is happening three months of the future. And I just feel like some, you know, that, so I felt like that causes a little bit of confusion. So we, there, I don't know. It felt a little fast to me, but overall it was, it was fine. I well, maybe I like Finn is like, uh, I think uh, I view it as like when I was a teenager or something and somebody's just like, Hey, what's going on? Good looking. I was like, I love you. I love yeah. you so much. <laughs> and it's like the same thing. He's like, Poe, I love you. You're so cool. I have your jacket. I wear it all the time. And yeah. It smells like you. And then, but then he's like, Ray. Oh, I, I think I like Ray. Where's Ray? Where's Ray? And then right. finally like Rose, like kisses him he's like okay rose yeah. all about this but i mean to his credit he was trained up as a child front to be a stormtrooper and a ruthless killer so he probably hadn't seen hadn't had that kind of affection from anybody so had to have it from very quickly from three people he just met yeah i'm sure he was very much attacked attracted to that and then and rose too like she she found this like granted she was initially super infatuated with him because he was a hero of the resistance yeah but still i think they just kind of both their backgrounds of these of these rough upbringings and you know and all and all this stuff they kind of bonded over that a little bit but uh, and everything so i th- i think they work really well together i li- i like it it'll be interesting to see how they go with it though in, in rise of skywalker if if it'll be 
if it'll be like this love triangle esque thing with him, Rose, and Ray, or if they'll just stick with him and Rose being together. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, you know, Ray did look kind of longingly at him at the end, right? Like it was kind of like a what? What? What's this? Who's this now? So, <laughs> you think, or is Ray just destined to either rise or fall with Ben as her potential mate? I mean, because they had right. some, they had some like hand holding going on, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, there was something there. Uh, yeah, which I liked. I thought it was a good kind of twist, mm-hmm. right? Or it was. Mm-hmm. I, I liked that development. Well, mm-hmm. I think I, like in Hollywood, we automatically assume that it's like a, uh, like a love, like a sexual relationship. But like, it, it's possible for two people to just platonically be, <laughs> yeah. you know, two leaders to want to like join power. You know, like. Yeah, I definitely feel like there's a, you know, some connection between those two just in the sense of it being a, um, I feel like coming from Kylo, because I feel like Kylo was, was really coming after Ray, trying to get her to his side and was saying things that he knew that she would react to and to try to. So I kind of feel like he was playing her slightly. Mm -hmm. I think he does have a connection with her, though. But I think it's more at this point anyway, his him trying to work it to his advantage, I think, rather than a genuine affection, yep. really. Yep, that's oh. what it seems like to me. So that being said, the question I was that came to my mind was during their scene in Snoke's office that they, they slaughtered everybody, he told her about her parents being basically junk traders. Do you mm-hmm. guys think that's a lie or is that the truth? Is that part of him trying to tear her down to join his side? Because that's what I was also thinking. It's like maybe he's lying about that because just to take down her self-esteem. Yeah. I was wondering, too, when Luke goes, who are you? Why you? Like today as I was thinking about it, because like one one take could be like Luke's just smart and wise. And he's going, wait a second. How did why, why are you here? But like the other thing was like, maybe it's Luke's kid. Like maybe Luke put a knew we had a daughter or something or a kid and do we know I, I, i'm not totally sure or do we know the different the age difference between kylo and ray no i think that i don't think they've ever i like, assume that they're close in age they're same. i kind of thought too because because my thought was like if it was if it was luke's then that like after the whole stuff with kylo happened at his temple he's like oh get her away hide her and then all that oh but then he does in this one he does well but then yoda kept from him from him that he and Leia were, were siblings for a long time. So maybe he is playing like he, it would distract her too much if she knew that he was the, her father. Um, but yeah. Or maybe when he was younger on Tatooine, he visited a fertility clinic and go. years later he is. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, wait, and she finally found out because of some new fallen order law, that <laughs> she could find out who her birth father was. And... Or that was part of his rebuilding the Jedi. He, he started his own <laughs> clinic, <laughs> filled it with his own juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Toby, do you have any questions for us for the group? Um, I'm curious how you think it's going to end like the next one. Like what does rise of Skywalker mean? You know, um, is it literally the rise of Ray Skywalker? Is that what you're asking? Maybe. Yeah, I mean that's kind of that's part of what might maybe start thinking like Luke was the dad, maybe you know, or like she's related yeah. somehow. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how it's how I think it's going to end because I I feel like they're building towards a redemption arc for Kylo, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. I feel like it's at some point sometimes the villains just need to be the villain. 
And, you know, now they're teasing the stuff with potentially with Dark Ray. You know how in that one trailer she's holding in black robes and has the red lightsaber, which looked badass, by the way. Mm -hmm. But it so but then it's like dealing with with Palpatine and all that and him coming back. It's I, I can't. I can't quite figure it out how it's going because it's, it's obvious if Palpatine's coming back, that leads me to believe that it's going to be hit. He's still been pulling the strings all along, you know, and they have to combat him in some way. But then it's like, how does, how does he get rid of Kylo if he doesn't want Kylo around? Cause it's, cause honestly, even with the redemption arc, killing Han Solo is a pretty shitty thing to do. And so like, I even yeah. think like, the audience themselves are going to be like, nah, we don't buy this. We don't, you know, it's so, Ah, it's it's hard to say and there's a lot of stuff especially because like now it's 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 theorized that the mandalorian's somehow going to tie into rise of skywalker which that's could be on a whole nother tangent of how we think this ends but you know well that'd be pretty nuts if that happened like if mando comes in with baby yoda yeah. maybe teenage yoda at the time or something so it's just like, i wouldn't like that but you know, yeah yeah i mean that, I've, i'm still trying to piece together what i think my theories on baby yoda are but it's but yeah, yeah i don't i'm not I don't know. I can't, I can't plan it out. And that, and that kind of makes me happy that I don't, that I don't like have a definitive way of how I feel like this is going to end. Well, I think like by calling it the final, if it truly is like the final, it's gotta, Kylo's going to be redeemed. Right. Like, I mean, and then die. Right. Like just like, Darth maybe, Vader. yeah, maybe he dies saving Ray or some, saving the galaxy or something. You could see that. Yeah. Or just like in the first I, five minutes, Palpatine shows up and just offs him and is like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a big fan of this Palpatine coming back, right? Uh, yeah. It yeah. kind of kind of I'm still a little mystified what exactly is going on in the in this whole universe. And mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like one of those things where it's frustrating when you have to read like a reference book afterwards to figure out <laughs> like yeah. what exactly well, happened. It's like, like the they keep breaking the rules. Yeah. Like they set the rules. Like, like, so we used to, uh, we like, so like before the prequels, we're like, here's how Jedi's move in the world. Like they're basically bound to the same physics as you and me. Yeah. And in the prequels, they're like, Oh wait, no, they have a different set of physics that they play with. And, and the, they didn't know how to do the ghost thing yet. And then, um, and so, like, uh, Obi-Wan can do the ghost thing. We learned Qui-Gon learned how. And then, like, in this one, it turns out you can do the ghost thing in real life, if yeah. you, you know, like, and mm-hmm. fight a lightsaber, you know. And he uh, could create, like, those, like, uh, like objects and give it to people and stuff. Right, yeah, like, you can yeah. create objects that are physical <laughs> and, you know. And also, if you think about it, they keep on talking about the rebellion or the, the Republic being destroyed. Like I didn't realize. I know that they destroyed. Obviously, it was the the uh, New Republic's uh, capital mm-hmm. that got destroyed, and that's uh, that's obviously a huge blow. But does that mean everything just falls apart? They have to have like offices somewhere. It's it's like a huge, you know, political entity of thousands of star systems. It's not just going to fall apart that easily. But they made it sound like it's done. Yeah, you know, they knew Star Killer Base was a thing. Like in the U.S., yeah. if you, you know, they have contingencies okay the nukes are coming uh dick cheney you get in that bunker george bush you get in that bunker you know like right and and they're trying to say that there's no way that the new republic didn't really respect the fallen orders or the first orders like strength and stuff but if you look at what they built it's like how could you not like pay attention to them they Mm -hmm. built that gigantic snoke ship that was like 
God, like tens. So <laughs> yeah, it's so big. <laughs> and and Star Killer Base, and I was reading about it. It can actually like move, you know. So they put some. They, I don't know. They they wrote that they put some rockets on the side, and they're just flying <laughs> planet, planet around. <laughs> There, there is some you do have to just dis- have a little bit of disbelief for some of the right. stuff to work but i will say uh in case in point uh point that you made last time now everyone's very good about when they come out of hyperspace like meters or something right. yeah 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 like like uh yeah because han solo pilots the millennium falcon to the surface of the like comes out of hyperspace yeah. like ten feet above the ground, <laughs> and now they're all doing it. Even right. Finn and Ray or Finn and Rose, they're coming back. They know where to to hit hit them. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh well. So, uh, it gets a little. Yeah. Angry. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. We're not going to let it get in the way of us re- enjoying this. Jerry, oh, yeah. do you have a question for us? Um. So yeah. Uh. Leia traveling through space. We brought it up a little earlier. Yeah. How, how, so. I, I agree. I don't think that was the best way that should have been done. And honestly, it's it was, it was one of those things is like she's force sensitive and we knew that. And I just feel like showing her force sensitivity could have been done better. Like that mm-hmm, one yeah. really like it, it's not only the act, the act of being able to pull yourself through space is cool. But just the fact that it just didn't really even look that good. Like there were so many other visually impressive things in this movie, the battle on crate, like when the, the speeders are going, throwing up all the red salt and everything. So cool. The, the Snoke throne room fight. Mm-hmm. beautiful but this part is just like i don't know it felt that part fell flat and i kind of felt like there could have been some other way they could have showed off that oh leia has force abilities and she knows how to use it other than her mary popping through space yeah. <laughs> i'm with you man i i uh i wish like leia had been cooler like in the books she's awesome oh yeah like, right you know, like she's doing force stuff like learning the force and doing mind tricks with the huts and mm-hmm. you know she has like deals going with like you know political things happening and she's controlling minds and like but she's deep in that stuff but in this movie it's like nobody even knows she has the force ability. right which in my head what would have been cool is the is she just like you know, Kylo and everything. And those two TIE fighters are coming and attacking the ship. Those TIE fighters shoot the missiles and she like redirects them back and blows up the TIE fighters. And it would be like, Oh, what? Like that would have been super cool. Like this really, this moment of like, we're, we saved them, but that, you know, or she, she can just do this. She's like, no, I'm like, whoop. And those missiles go back and blow them up. She sends the missiles back. And in like Star Trek next generation, like they can never shoot anything that's close because it'll blow themselves up because it's like (laughs) real world physics. Right. Like, but yeah, so she shoots the missiles back, but it actually, it blows up her ship too. And like, yeah. And just does some, does some stuff to it, but it still like saves it other than, other than that. And then maybe Akbar would still be with us, but (laughs) that's right. Akbar has gone too. Oh Um, man. And you know, and so it's just kind of weird. Again, she has these abilities. She knows she can pull herself from the vacuum of space, but she kind of like before the missiles hit. And I know it was probably that, that moment of trying to be, especially since, well, I don't necessarily think that it was playing off the fact that Carrie Fisher had just had recently passed before the movie came out, but like it gave the impression they were trying to be like, this is her her moment when she's going to die. And, but then I just feel like it could have been done better, but then I do though. They did give her some cool moments later on. Like when she awakens from her coma and comes back into the thing, into the, onto the bridge and pose just like Leia. And she just goes, no, and stuns him. And then when, uh, Rose and Finn crash land, the, 
shuttle into the base on crate and she's just right out there blaster in hand like going at it you know like she is very it very much shows her as a strong leader which i really love but it just i just really feel and i wish that that scene in particular had been different i almost wish that they just let her die right there and she can come back as a force ghost Mm -hmm. because it was i thought at the time when i first saw it i was very impressed that that that's how they're going to have it go and and it sort of walked it back because you can't kill a hero. Right. And so it was a little disappointing that way. And so you you, you brought up the Ray and Kylo Ren fight scene in the throne room. And so personally, I think that is probably the best fight scene Star Wars has ever, ever done. Do you guys oh, yeah. agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree. The Duel of the Fates was incredible. But this one, I think, for the sole reason i think i know that they might have done it i might be fuzzy on some of the details but the, and it might be missing something from one of the shows but this is the first time in film that we've seen a jedi and a sith fighting together and that just imagery of it is one awesome but just the cinematography of that scene is incredible. it's really well done yep what do you think toby so a great scene but I, the thing that bothers me about it is like that like these two ray and finn should be able to once Snoke's out of the picture, like they should be able to handily take anybody in the room. And like, they're like getting, you know, they're getting taken pretty, pretty well. So like, I would say like, it was a great scene, like cinematography, you know, great, beautiful to watch and everything. And like when the, they both re when Ray reaches for the, the lightsaber and he's like, Holy shit. And like he grabs it too. And then like, that's awesome. Awesome. Um, But I would say like uh, return of the Jedi, that last, duel between vader and luke uh, when the 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 you know the the good guys hang in the balance through the window and the emperor's doing his little thing game with luke like that's i don't know that's probably my uh, you're right you're right that's a that's pretty solid that's pretty solid it that one lands better i say like story and like plot wise i think this one hits for it being just so damn cool <laughs> yeah it's just technically better it's just they got a bunch of people in shape you know, they did some push-ups. You know, they paid a good stunt coordinator, and mm-hmm. they did really well. All right, um, let's see. So, did we want to talk about Snoke? Like, is it even worth kind of talking about? I don't even know who really Snoke was, and yeah. then he died. <laughs> I'm hoping we get more about him in in Rise of Skywalker. I hope there's some tie back, some flashback. They've been using flashbacks a lot in these two movies. I hope we kind of get something just to just to give a little bit more to him because I like the character. I just he just went too soon. Yeah. And you, you figure he'd probably to rise up to the, the ranks of the first order, or maybe he founded the first order. I don't know. Like um, there's gotta be some interesting stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But, right. I think I read something where Snoke was, I don't know, this might be totally wrong, but he was like hiding in somebody's basement or something. Mm-hmm. And that's how he learned. Let's see. Hold on. The guy who wrote the article. That's who you're talking about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, we I, don't know who Snoke was. And the about, then he died. Snoke, Snoke to me is not all that interesting. No. Uh, I, General Hux, though, I would love to learn more about him. Like, yeah. Right. I, and I like them like Hux and Kylo Ren. I think they're good villains, right? They don't like each other. And they they don't really have a lot of sympathy. And I think they're really good villains. What do you guys think? Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. I love that Hux is is kind of just like 
the the ragdoll so many times in this one. He yeah. just like Snoke throws him around, Kylo throws him around, and he you just know he's just like I'm gonna get you guys one. Of these I days. know and he's just <laughs> in his head. I mean, he even tries to almost kill Kylo in the, when he finds him unconscious. But I just and then he's just like, no, I'll start later. Right. He's just buying his time, yeah. like yeah, in this corporate game where yeah. he wants to be the CEO someday, and he's willing to like do and say whatever it takes, like. But he's like this tiny little brat. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, because he has to figure that Kylo's going to do something stupid at some time because he can't control himself. So mm. you just have to wait it out, and pretty soon it'll just be nothing but Huxy baby in in command. It's like like whoever was uh, uh, the number two at Lucasfilm. Like, like like he's like someday George Lucas will put me in charge. <laughs> then he goes and sells it to Disney and thwarts yeah. his plans. Throws him around the throne, the bridge of the star of the ship. Um, another thing that I'm curious, I'm curious what you two thought of Vice Admiral Holdo. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And this this again new thing that like oh these ships if they go to light speed they can cause lots of damage. We had no idea until today. Like. Yeah, because if you think about it, if that's the case with the ships thing, wouldn't they have like hyperspace lanes for people to go? Because otherwise, you might accidentally like shoot through somebody, right? Star Trek. That's a Star Trek thing. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Star Trek has it still under control. They, <laughs> they pay attention out. to physics, the yeah. important things. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Vice Admiral Holdo, very unconventional uniform. I guess uh, Violet is the Vice Admiral color for dresses but of course i we all know that the rebellion or the republic or whatever this thing is the resistance kind of places kind of loose with uniforms and ranks mm-hmm. you know i thought i mean i thought it was a good plan right you're you're just what else are you going to do you try to buy a little bit more time yeah um I like the action. I, I yeah. just didn't buy the character. Like again, again, I don't know if it was like the casting or the writing, or, like even the interactions with Poe. It just didn't. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about it that like like Poe didn't do great in those scenes either. Yeah, it's like Poe just basically just rebelled the whole time, and I don't know if that was really. I know. Uh, I don't know if that's really kind of effective either. Uh, kind of this to me, her character and even her interactions with Poe somewhat harken back to what I was saying about this being. Uh, probably before the fall kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. she was so secure in what she thought she was doing was right. That she kept it from Poe, even though she could tell it was sending them off the rails. Like he's just like, he's trying, yeah. he's, you know, he's trapped, he's caged, he's ready to figure out something. And she's just like, mm, you know, so she was so confident in her plan. And then that wound up backfiring and she had to do this, this, her sacrifice Poe on the same end, like had the same thing. He was like, so sure he was right. He sent uh Finn and Rose, on this secret mission that ultimately wound up costing them what, uh, being the downfall of Haldo's plan because DJ, uh, double crossed them on, on Snoke's ship. And then they found out that all the transports were trying to get away. So it's, Oh yeah. Cause he overheard Rose and Finn who were super confident that this was going to work and just talking about their huge plans with this new guy they just met. So, it's, it's kind of, and that was the thing about it. There were, where when I was watching it this time that I was like, Oh, I get it now. It like all these, like some of these cons and everything that I've, that we've talked about. Like I kind of was like, okay, I understand this now. I didn't quite pick up this message that this was, that this was showing. Cause each of the main characters had this moment happen. Ray thought she could turn Kylo. Nope. Kylo thought he could turn Ray. Nope. And 
thought he could beat Luke and in trying to beat Luke and, and being so confident in that Luke is able to get away, is able to stall long enough for the rest of the people to get away. Really. I think the only person who didn't was Leia, except the fact that then she got put into the, which then I guess explains the, the, why they use the force coma, because if she had been awake, she'd just been like, no, you guys are stupid. This is what we're doing. And you guys sit down, Poe, sit down, Haldo, sit down. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to try to, to make this way. And we're going to do this plan. And, and it would have laid it all out there. But, you know, Holdo was resistant to Poe because he was coming on being like, hey, no, I know what we should do. And she's like, no, you don't. I know what we should do. And I just think it's just this whole mass of errors that caused way more destruction than necessary on both sides. And it just it just was. uh, And so that's kind of my my takeaway with it. So I after that, I was like, okay, I appreciate her character more because on my first watch through. No, I I wasn't a big fan of hers. And I honestly was like, okay, well, if they were going to have Leia go out, why didn't she do Holdo's move? You know, why yeah. didn't she stay behind, behind and, and do all this? But after this watch, I was like, okay, no, I understand Haldo. I understand why she's in this story. And I, and I understand her actions. Um, so I definitely, my, my opinion of her character grew, grew a lot after this watch. Through. Yeah. Poe just really just caused all sorts of havoc. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really good points he had, Jarrett. Cause it just, yeah, it just kind of clicked that basically he caused like three fourths of them to die because he sent Finn, Rose and Finn. <laughs> out there and they suck at secret agents like you yeah. know well and even his call at the very beginning for the bomber squad to hit the dreadnought like yeah that, that shouldn't have done he shouldn't have done that either right but you know yeah. it's so that's why i feel like this next i think that's what's going to be really cool about rise of skywalker is all these people will have learned this lesson because they all seem right. to have learned it at the end of this one and they're going to be even tighter as a group on in rise of skywalker so i think that's going to lend itself really well to seeing how they all interact with each other and you know and how they approach this now this now threat of kylo ren and palpatine mm-hmm. i like that yeah so potentially like like in return of the jedi how luke is a wiser version of luke yeah and i would love to see that with all these characters oh yeah i think it, i think that lends itself to some pretty cool possibilities of where it could go and even the the bad guys too you know they're they're a bit wiser now and mm-hmm. It's going to, it's going to be a pretty, I, th- I think it, it, going off that, I think, I don't know how it's going to all come together, but, but it's going to be pretty epic. I think when it does, when, the, when they tie it all together and see how like the two rival it out this one last time. Mm-hmm. And so C3PO is like, I'm just looking at my friends <laughs> one last time. Yep. Well, there's a new preview where C3PO is red eyes. And I was like, okay, so maybe C3PO turns bad and then, oh. uh, gets like, good. Mm-hmm. Again. Like, I'm finally seeing my friends again. <laughs> <laughs> or he got some of that uh, hut hookah or something, and he's just like, <laughs> and he's like, "This, this is a different level." <laughs> he becomes a Rastafarian. And <laughs> uh, have we missed anything with this movie? Does anybody else have anything that they wanted to uh, talk about? I was looking through my list of the things I really liked. Uh, just to you know, see. we've gone this whole time without mentioning BB-8. Just oh. BB-8 awesome character just deserves yeah. a nod yeah yeah love bb8 great addition uh oh and another weird thing is back to our we made a point a couple episodes about that people in star wars haven't figured out to have direct deposit or uh stuff like that once again there's huge like just chunks of money that they're giving uh <laughs> benicio del toro you know like I feel like the only ones who have that figured out are like I remember reading in some of the, the books Boba Fett's being like yeah just 
why are that why are that rewards yeah. to my account? Just like, like just yeah, write me a check or something yeah. like that. <laughs> but no, they have to like physically hand over the currency. Um, <laughs> I will say though, the Finn and Phasma fight is pretty awesome too. I think even though I agree that Phasma is is an underdeveloped character. Yeah, it's too movie. bad because I love Gwendolyn Christie. Oh yeah, she's Game awesome, and, and and even the Phasma as a character with the chrome armor, the chrome yeah. gun, like it's so cool. But I think that's Beskar steel it must be because yeah that i hadn't thought about that but that's a that's a good idea i bet you're right because it's it's supposed it's pretty strong supposedly and you know she's got it for a reason um but i think that fight especially it's it was the best part of her of her character for sure even though you know she got she was defeated and maybe killed for real this time you know it was it, it was still like their fights pretty pretty aggressive they're both like going at it after each other really hard because i do like how they kind of set up that rivalry between her and finn from the very beginning of force awakens and so uh, to see that come to a head was was pretty great and that that scene's pretty awesome um and, and then i think luke, luke and leia's reunion in in the base on crate i really loved also but i think that one hits i think if this movie had come out before uh carrie fisher had passed away i think it would have still been a great scene but it hits on a completely different level knowing that they're both there, you know, that, that she is gone when this movie came out and when everyone's getting to see it. And I just think it, that caught it, that caused that scene to resonate just so much more on a big, uh, on an emotional level. Um, and then really the other stuff that I, that I really loved. And I, each time I watch the, the Luke and Kylo fight is just the, the little things that show that he's not actually there, like that his footprints don't leave a mark, you know, and uh, all this stuff that just Kylo's oblivious to, even though it should be pretty obvious that, Hey, this dude's not leaving red footprints, but just little things like that, that, that just show he's not actually there. And you, and even the viewer, I don't feel like realized it until I didn't almost. Yeah. yeah, Until like the the thing goes through and then you watch it the second time. You're like, Oh, look, I see it. I see it. I see it. He's not there, (laughs) you know? And it's, and I just think that was really well done on, on Ryan Johnson's part for including and how he wrote that part, that scene out. Great point. Great point. Toby, you got anything? No, I'm good, man. This is great. Well, Jared, thank you so much for being on today. Oh, thank you. Like, this is super fun. Uh, like I was telling you before we got started, I've been wanting to talk about Star Wars on a podcast for a while. Like, it's one of those things, like, I, I like video games, but it's like, why did I choose that one? But yeah. <laughs> four years in, you're committed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to stick with it now. Um, but but no, I this is a lot of fun. I really, I really enjoy Star Wars and it just love it to death. And this was super fun to get to talk, uh, to really dig deep into one of the movies. So thank you for having me on. Well, thanks for the time. And Toby... Mean Rocket Machine. Let's go. Mean Rocket Machine. Yeah. Uh, should we return? Oh, I think they had a parade. Uh, they oh, did not let us know. Yeah, we Grand Marshals. Fly in for the parade. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that's okay. That's okay. We've done our bit. Um, thanks a lot for being on today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. All right. The Aging Hipster Star Wars Rewatch is produced by Bob Serrano and Toby Crines. You can follow me on Twitter at BobSerrano5. Email us at aginghipsternetwork at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. Please rate and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. May the force be with you.